This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, April 15th, wherever and however you're connected, always nice to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Studio B hairstylist Jerem Jordan. There were some hair swaps from uh, BYU Athletic marketing, uh, so we decided to do our own. So here's uh, you and I. Oh boy, this is shocking. Uh, potentially graphic content coming. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> You're listening. You got to go to Twitter and you'll find it. So I, I think that haircut could go for you. I like look that, like, like one like, of uh, yeah. uh, uh, an outsider from the Adams family in that picture. Okay, like or, I, I could be in that show. Yeah. Or you're with the Jets in West Side Story, and you're going up against Gabby Garcia okay, for now. Okay. Right? All right. This you, hair's not going for me. You look like Better Call Saul. <laughs> the flop. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really old photo. Tell me what, how we know. Um, we know because uh, you are not top button. That's exactly right. You are not that's, top button in that picture. That's a bygone era. So that takes. that's got to be like, what, at least... At least three and a half or four years. And this is actually during a game against San Jose State in 2017. Stop it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stop it. There were 45,000-plus fans of that game. Well, actually, well, I'm look at the attendance numbers now. That's what they said. I'm going to look at the that's attendance numbers what, now. That, you think that's who were actually in the stands? Get out of here. <laughs> okay, next one. Jason Shepard and Greg Rubel. Even more shocking. Oh, boy. Oh! Greg is here! Oh, my goodness. Greg has hair, and Greg. Jason doesn't. <laughs> Greg, need, he belongs in, like, uh, MASH or Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> when I was eight, we hiked uh, in Southern California up to the set of MASH, and there was the, a helicopter and a bunch of barracks was still, like, around. It was awesome. Not as awesome as these photos, but it was awesome. Shep looks like he's going to start BYU's version of P90X. He might anyway. Okay. Like that might no be no legs. That might be all a, arms. Yeah. P ninety P ninety X all arms with Jason Shepard. Yes, <laughs> fantastic. Greg with hair. I think we need to use that every time he's on the show. Not all photoshops are created equally. Yeah, those are pretty. Darn those are good. good. Those are pretty darn good. Yeah, well done to our crew. Good job, Sarah. Here's today's show lineup. Uh, No more hair swaps, I promise. But we do have BYU senior defensive back Troy Warner, who is finally back from injury and feeling healthy, ready for a second senior season of sorts, why he feels it's going to be a special season. We crown a best play bracket champion, plus BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess featured in our Deep Blue. What does old Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski has to say about Chris as a coach? And know the foe, Cosmo edition. He's taken on Big Red of Western Kentucky in the best mascot bracket national title. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. ESPN's Football Power Index, or FPI, predicts BYU with 5.4 wins and 6.6 losses this season. You're rounding at home. That's five and seven. Cougars are favorites in six of the 12 regular season games. Strength schedule 63rd. We'll break down the 12 game win probabilities coming up in what's trending. Cosmo advances to the championship of the Sirius XM mascot Twitter bracket. A late push, as in like the last 10 minutes, helped BYU defeat Bucky the Badger 54% to 46%. 
A 4% swing in a matter of minutes. No, 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 six. BYU was down two and went to... Oh, no, it was plus 10%. BYU was down two with an hour to go or something, and then they won by 8%. Crazy, right? Oh, holy how, snake. How many Twitter follow can you buy in that amount of time is what I think. That's, That's awesome. two big wins, by the way, over Wisconsin in the last two years. The long snap is placed. The kick is on its way, and it is going left of the uprights. It's no good. It has missed, and the Cougars lead it. Oh, I love it so much. That was fun. Not on the same plane, but yes. Hey, defeat Bucky the Badger in a mascot bracket, beat number six Wisconsin on their home field. You know, it's all good. Totally the same thing. Now on to Big Red of Western Kentucky for a matchup of 16 seeds in the championship. Here we go, man. Here we go. We're going to break down, as you mentioned, uh, Big Red. Is his name? Its name? Its name. This week, the PGA Tour is expected to announce plans for a resumption of play June 11th through the 14th. What? It's great news. Former Cougars Zach Blair, Daniel Summer has stopped Cougar Tony Finau. We'll, we'll see how that develops. That'd be nice to see that because perhaps that's a sport that can function during this time. Yeah, will fans be allowed? What kind of safety <laughs> measures are in place? <laughs> Five football conference commissioners have asked the NCAA to ease requirements for them to continue competing in Division I. The commissioners of the Mountain West, American Athletic, Conference USA, Mid-American, and Sunbelt conferences have asked for temporary relief from specifically financial aid requirements, along with average football attendance and the minimum number of sports each school must sponsor. This requested relief period is for four years. We'll see what the NCAA does. I mean, just crazy times right now. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football projected to win a whopping 5.4 games, according to the newest edition of the ESPN Football Power Index (sighs) as we approach the 2020 college football season. Now, technically, Jeremy, the Cougars are favored in six games, but my goodness, five to six wins? Jerem, let's go game by game on this BYU schedule discussing win percentages through FPI goggles, starting with the scheduled season opener at Utah, September 3rd. BYU with a 14.3% chance to win in Salt Lake City. That is the lowest percentage they're given of all 12 games. Which is interesting because Utah is not the best team on the schedule. Uh, It looks like Minnesota as of now is that team. We'll see how it all plays out, right? We only have last year's to go off of, but 14%. Okay, Utah loses 10 starters on defense. Yeah, yeah, 10. Uh, that was a really good Utah team that kind of sputtered at the end, right? Jake Bentley, uh, former South Carolina quarterback, started 33 games there. He's projected to potentially be the guy. Cameron Rising is in uh, competition for that spot. He was at Texas and has transferred. So that's, that's interesting to me in the Utah game. 14% seems kind of low. Oh, the nine-game losing streak. Nine years ago, it doesn't have anything to do with the 2020 game. But there is a burden for BYU football and winning this game, absolutely. Utah will be good. I don't know that they are 86% chance of beating BYU good this year. They're not going to be as good as they were last year, but they'll be good again. I I put it at maybe like 24%. Can BYU do what they do twice a year now and show up 
for this game, like USC and Tennessee and Boise Shock State. Somebody. You know what I mean? Like, BYU's shown up in big games. Last several years, we can all name a several notable BYU wins. Can BYU show up for this game, right, and, and win it and just be like, yeah, streak's over, BYU won, awesome, let's Will go. Will Utah be ranked? Yeah, I, I would think so preseason because it's mainly based on the year before. Okay. Going into the next year. Okay. Game number two, Michigan State in Provo. BYU given a 60% chance to win this game. That's a weird number for Again, me. Again, I feel like it's off by about 10%. I'd put Utah at 24 and Michigan State down to like 50. Listen, I know Michigan State's coming off of back-to-back seven and six seasons, and Mark D'Antonio's out. So um, is BYU. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that seven and six a little different, right? In that division, good gosh, that's really hard. Mel Tucker's the guy. He was an assistant. He was defense coordinator at Alabama. Had a couple of years in Colorado. Jump ship suddenly goes to Michigan State, which is a better situation, right? Sixty percent. It's really high, and that's the first home game. You always want to know coming off the win at you. Oh, that'd be nice. That'll be a huge game at home. I hope this all goes down because I can envision just a massive week two, and regardless of what happens in week one, it's like, okay, Michigan State's here, and that's a return game from 2016 when BYU went up there and won. The next two road games, again, BYU's three of the first four games are on the road against good teams, 28.4% at Arizona State, 15.4% at Minnesota, which I actually agree with that number because Minnesota is the highest-ranked team on BYU's schedule, according to FPI at number 20, and it's the dreaded Week 4 game, Jerem. Yeah, Week 4, uh, four Power 5s in a row, you're asking for trouble, um, no matter if that team's just kind of mediocre or not. You're just banged up a little bit. At Arizona State, feels a little weird. They're coming off 8-5. and five. That's their best season since 2014. No Eno Benjamin at running back. He was a real player for them. But they love their dual-threat quarterback, Jaden Daniels. They really like him. So that'll be interesting. A lot of fans will show up at that one. We know that BYU fans show up in games in Arizona. Yeah, BYU will have 20,000 fans at that game. At the Sun Devil Stadium. That'll be uh, sweet, right? At Minnesota's interesting. This just in, Minnesota won't be as good. There's no way they'll be as good. Roll the boat, Jerem! They had their best season in 50 years. They were 11-2. They're 9-0. Game day goes there. They sputter to a 2-2 finish. They do beat 12th-ranked Alabama in the bowl game. That was nice. P.J. Fleck has done amazing work there, right? They got off to a 10-0 start, for the first, or 9-0 start for the first time since 1904. Yeah, be- best season, 11-2 in 50 years. They will not be as good. The mission president there, by the way, is the current vice president, uh, one of the VPs uh, here, Matthew Richardson of Advancement. So he will be the mission president there. So expect a, a great welcome. By I hope the, to uh, see him Minnesota there on companies. the scheduled date. Yeah, absolutely. All I, right. That'll be a hard one. That'll be a hard one. Now, the first four, BYU projected to go one and three They'll by go percentages two and two. alone. This is what they do. Two and they two. go two and two. If BYU right? goes two and two, again, that would be amazing, which is what BYU did last year. And we said the same thing. Oh, if BYU can go two and two in the first four. It would be incredible. We take it right now. They'll go two and two. BYU comes home. And they take on Utah State, a team that's 95th in the FPI and not projected to be great. 73% chance for the Cougars to win that game in Provo. No Jordan Love, so no problem. Followed BYU, BYU by rolls. Missouri, an SEC school coming to Provo in October with a 51% chance given to BYU. Jordan Love was is going to be like a top 15 pick, maybe top 10, and BYU picked him off three times and rolled Utah State with its second and third string quarterbacks. That wasn't a hard game. Missouri is interesting. SEC team here. This is a return game from 2015 when BYU played neutral at in, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. 
Uh, so here they come back five years later. I can't believe it's been five years already. That's a pick 'em. Missouri, uh, six and six last year, year two of a three year probation, 5% reduction in uh, scholarships. They had a tutor that basically helped 12 people not mm-hmm. do any work. So here they are, a little rattled from that, right? The finish was weird. But it's SEC and it's in Provo, and that's been rare. There's only been a handful of those games all time. On to Houston, game number seven as we open up the back half of the season. This one is the biggest head-scratcher to me in terms of percentages. It's a game in Provo, yet BYU is an underdog with just a 40.6% chance to win against a team that's 4-8, and eight, and they are not bringing back their star quarterback, De'Ara King, who transferred. So how does this happen? How is BYU a home dog, 40% against Houston, a group of five team? ESPN, FBI must really like what Houston brings back and what they can do. Apparently. Dana, Dana Holgerson's second year. Uh, there are a bunch of Power 5 guys that uh, were redshirting last year. This is, this is a game that's going to be fun because the 2013 game uh, on uh, 9-11 was well, – sorry, 2014 game on 9-11 was a, a fun one for BYU. They won that 33-25. And then, of course, the year before at, uh, in Houston – at uh, is it NRG Stadium, or it's changed since that game, I think, but where the Texans play, that was an epic, a classic Skylar Hardman that BYU played in winning that game late, and uh, Taysom Hill goes 4-17 pass, 100-plus rush. <laughs> it's like the seventh time in college football history that happened. I, yeah, 41% is a weird number on that one. I, I, I feel you on how weird that is. BYU then on the road at Northern Illinois, followed by a road game at Boise State. BYU And getting- Northern Illinois is neutral, by the way. It's semi-away. They're That's not right. playing at NIU. They're playing in Chicago. Else. They're playing in Chicago at the home of uh, Chicago's Major League Soccer team, right? Or was it the NWSL team? I can't remember. Yeah, I, can. I can't remember. It's at a soccer field. It's not in DeKalb. And I worked really hard on figuring out how to say DeKalb. DeKalb and now Illinois. I'm bummed, but I'll say it anyway. BYU, Northern Illinois. Uh, Northern Illinois. Look at that percentage. Won't be about 58.6%. Why is that not in the 70s? Now, our friend, uh, our BYU Sports Nation friend at Art Director BYU, his name's Greg Welch, he tweeted at me and said, that feels a lot like the Toledo game last year. And remember, NIU won this game in Provo. In 2018. 7-6. They, they won this game. What was the, what was the defensive lineman's name? Sutton Smith or something oh, that NFL led the guy. country yes. in sacks the year before or something? That, yeah, that's a weird number. Okay. At Boise State, 23.5%. BYU's never won on the blue. Three losses by one. Never figured out they've been close, yet BYU has a 10% greater chance to win at a place they've never won over Utah at 14%. See, I think those should be similar percentages. I agree with you. Boise State is going to have Hank Bachmeyer coming off the freshman year. Uh, new offensive coordinator, by the way. Na- no David Moa or Curtis Weaver. FPI does not like Boise State. They have the Broncos at number 51. They don't, but I would never doubt Boise State's ability to win at least eight games. Neither would if I. If not ten. You know what I mean? A down year for Boise State's eight wins. It really is. They're so good. And it's annoying! I wish BYU could be Boise State in football on a national level. I wish BYU could be Gonzaga in men's hoops, right? Those are the at-our-level aspiring brothers in arms, if you will. Okay, after that, the vengeance match against San Diego State in Provo. BYU put up three points in San Diego in the regular season finale. I hope BYU makes multiple field goals in that one. The Aztecs graduate a ton (laughs) of seniors. Brady Hoke is now the coach for a second time. He's yeah, pulling the, the Gary Anderson tour yeah. for San Diego State. Yeah. They come to Provo. 
57%. I think that's low. I think BYU will have their way in Provo against San Diego State. Obviously, North Alabama is not going to be close. 99.3%. My question is, how are they even giving North Alabama a 0.7% chance to win this game? It should be 99.9%. Don't bury the lead. Live on BYU TV, probably. Uh, San Diego State, two things that won't happen. Uh, I don't think BYU's quarterback won't be able to grip the ball. I think he'll be able to grip the ball. Oh, yeah, that, that should make a difference. This last year. Healthy. San Diego State, are they going to have a top 10 defense again? No. I don't. No. That'd be incredible, their, their right? Their cornerbacks are NFL guys that were seniors experienced. They're not going to be what they were last year defensively. Yeah, and you hope BYU isn't what they were offensively in that game either. Stanford, coming off of a 4-8 and eight season, closes out their regular season against BYU on the farm, and the Cougars have a whopping 17.2% chance to win that game. I think that should be higher merely for this fact, Jerem. It's the last game of the regular season for Stanford, and it's not conference. So who knows what they're preparing for if they're looking ahead to the Pac-12 championship game if they have a good season. I just don't think that Stanford will have the urgency that BYU will, knowing that this is another Power 5 team, an opportunity to make a statement. So I'd give BYU a a better chance, like maybe around a 30% chance to win that game. K.J. Costello, the quarterback, transferred. He left. Uh, there, There were several transfers from Stanford. This is the Tanner McKee game, by the way. Remember the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints back from a mission in Brazil? Is he the quarterback? Um, You'd you'd think perhaps not this year. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, what situation are they in? Have they won the North? Are they bummed they didn't win the North? It's a non-conference game late in the season. Are they fighting for a bowl game? Is BYU fighting for a bowl game at this point? Because FBI seems to think that at this point, BYU is probably 6-5 and going into this game. Man, crazy. Well, or does FBI think that BYU's... Five and six going into that game at Stanford because they have BYU winning 5.4 games. You do the math, you round down, five and seven? The the team to be way better than you think on this is Stanford to me as well. I I think that Stanford easily can be a nine-win team every year, and they had an off year. But Michigan State scares me a little bit. Uh, Boise State number scares me a little bit. Utah, we're just used to losing. Hopefully we get over that complex soon with an actual win. I feel like it's a three-game swing for BYU. Like I feel like worst-case scenario, five and seven. Best-case scenario, probably 12 and 0. Eight and four. Oh. Eight and four in the regular season. Eight and four would be dope. Yeah. Absolutely. We're, we're at the point where eight is the minimum threshold. It's five, it's five to eight. I feel like that's, that's the area, five to eight. What it really is is make a bowl game, but I don't want to say it out loud. You just said it out loud on national television. Our question of the day. And radio. What is your reaction to ESPN's football power index projection for BYU to win 5.4 games this season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter. He says, a little low to me. I think BYU is probably in the 6-7 to seven win range. However, when, not if, BYU beats Utah this year, then who knows what they can do. Hashtag always beat Utah. That would be such a boon for the confidence of the program because right now, BYU's, every it's like, okay, hey, we're going to be better. And it's like, well, is BYU actually better? I, I said it yesterday, and this is the stat I hate the most, but I'm going to say it. After Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams graduate, BYU's an 18-21 and 21 program in the last three years. They can certainly be better, and it's just a couple of games. And, and you tipped everyone off to this. It's not the Power 5 games. Group of five. It's the group of five games where BYU sub-500 the last several years. So take care of business in those because BYU gets up for the big games, no doubt, right? It's rare where BYU just gets worked in a non-2017 year more than once. In a season, they're going to show up for some of those big games. Let's go.
Keep the energy and the urgency high for every game. That is the challenge. That for the is coaches. impossible. That is the challenge yeah. for the coaches. It has been so inconsistent. What has to happen this year for that to change? Please, and somebody answer we... the question. Can you? Can somebody answer that question for me? No one can. It's that's why we call it a great rhetorical question. Coming up, which play won our football men's hoops best play bracket? And BYU senior defensive back Troy Warner. How his brother Fred. And the rising NFL star that he has become in San Francisco is helping him prepare for his final season. Maybe Troy has the answer to how BYU gets it done. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and some old BYU sports games. Get your VOD fix on the BYU TV app today. Live in Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We welcome in now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Skype our friend Troy Warner, who is a super senior, not because he wanted to be, but because circumstance has now taken us there. Troy uh, first and foremost, how are you feeling? Healthy, good amidst uh, the crazy pandemic? Yeah, uh, definitely feel really good. Uh, my body feels better than you know it ever has really um, since the injury. So uh, feel feel really good and uh, very uh, hopeful for the season. Remind people of what happened. So it was 2017. We were playing uh, East Carolina uh, at their house, and you know I made a plant and. Uh, my foot just kind of gave out, popped, and I ended up tearing my list frank. And boy, did I know I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So, um, you know, that was the that was the beginning of it. I'm not a fan of Liz. I just want to make that known. You know, Liz is not a friend on Facebook for me. Yeah. <sighs> no, nah, yeah, not at all. Troy Warner with us on BYU Sports Nation. I just mentioned this is essentially your second senior year after. A very strange scenario, but how would you explain the last 12 months of your life? Yeah, so, I mean, it's difficult, redshirting. It's difficult sitting back and not being able to contribute, you know, in a way that you want to. Um, but there's so much to be learned um, when you go out throughout, when you go throughout that process. Um, a lot of patience that has to be, um, you know, instilled and, you know, this just just watching from a different perspective, um, it takes a lot. And uh, I had to learn how to, you know, how to be a leader, be a captain in a different way and uh, how to, ha- to how to try to help my teammates to, you know, win football games and get better at their game. And, you know, it was a different uh, it was it was different for sure. But uh, I learned a lot. And, you know, I'm kind of thankful for uh, just that experience. It took a minute to get you back into games. You played the last four. Luckily, there's this new redshirt rule. Otherwise, uh, Troy, you would have had to sit out all year, right? But you at least got to play the last four games, which was good to have your veteran leadership in there. And BYU sustained some injuries. So what what was that process like as you got back? And, and it took a while to recover. Yeah, so, gosh, it was like I, t- I started practicing probably a little over halfway through the season. And uh, – you know, that that was good for me because I, I needed to really get back into the flow of things and, you know, kind of get some conditioning under me. And I had been working out, but nothing really football-wise. And so for me, uh, just getting back to practicing was really important. And then I, I knew that I was going to be back playing the last four games. So just preparing myself mentally and physically was, uh, was big for me. And, um, you know, doing everything that I could to help my team also, uh, I was doing. So uh, that's kind of what went into you know into play and for me getting back 
BYU senior defensive back Troy Warner with us on BYU Sports Nation. Troy, what are you doing to stay ready and in shape? And uh, I guess uh, the moment uh, you're called back ready to go for BYU football. Yeah, so uh, right now I've been I've been training every day of the week except for Sunday. Um, I've I've been training with uh, Pendleton Performance and then also HD Development with Rob Daniel. Um, and those guys have been doing a really good job of keeping me in shape and, you know, teaching me the new tidbits of the game and that I don't already, um, already know, or that I don't know. And so, um, those, those guys have been real helpful and, and keep me in shape and helping me get ready for this upcoming year. Cause it's really, you know, this is a really important one for me. So. Absolutely. Uh, and we've kind of buried the lead here. This is our first interview with anyone outside. So uh, how, how is it outside? And, and, and uh, tell us why you're outside. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm outside right now because, you know, wifey's sleeping and she's, uh, she works the night shifts at the hospital. Um, so I'm out, I'm just giving her some rest, giving her some sleep, but what a good uh, husband, you know, outside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, try, I try to be, but uh, yeah. So um, outside it's, it's not too bad. You know, you, you go outside, you see a few people with some masks on and stuff. So, you know, taking precautions, but uh it's good. It's been cold. You know, it's it's almost a summer and it's still kind of cold, which is disappointing. But hey, you've been here four years. You know the drill, bro. We're gonna go into May. It's gonna snow <laughs> on random day. You know how it is. You you think you think I'm used to it by now, but you know it's still catching me off guard a little bit. Is anyone around you right now outside, like no. listening to you talk to yourself here? No. Zero. Okay. If someone walks by, will you yell, "Hey, go Cougs!" and like try and yeah, summon yeah, a response yeah. back? And if they don't, be like, "Hey, go Cougs!" Will you just absolutely, look, absolutely. Okay, look out for someone. I'll Go ahead and just interrupt the interview if that happens, okay? Okay, I'll keep an eye out. Yeah. All right, Troy, you are from the San Diego area originally, so... Uh, no wonder un- you're spoiled. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, the, the weather is uh, not hitting home for you. Um, but you, yeah. are, you are wearing a Utah Jazz beanie. Have you embraced the local professional basketball team since moving to Utah? Embraced it. You know, I I've, I've couldn't embrace it anymore. Uh, <laughs> and... You know, I, I like Utah. I, I like the different uh, the different seasons, the cold weather, the snow. You know, I, I like being here. It's not that it's not that I don't. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would like it if it was if it was hot. Can't deny that. <laughs> hey, we all would, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. spe- speaking of cold, ESPN Football Power Index they came out with their projections for the season, and they are cold. Uh, they project, you know, six and six probably. Troy, why wow. will BYU be better than six and six this year? Listen. You know, at the end of the day, we don't listen to those hot, those cold takes and, you know, what people say about the season. We worry about, you know, what we can control. And that's, you know, what we do when no one's watching and just preparing for the season in the right way. Um, we've got we've got all the guys, we've got all the pieces and we just got to put them together and, and put something special together. And I think that we're very capable. Um, we all see this season as a huge opportunity for for us to show, you know, the nation that, BYU football is, is is more than capable of playing with those kind of teams. And, it, and for me, it's really exciting. Uh, like I said, it's a huge opportunity. What kind of statement are you looking to make? Because I've heard some of your teammates say, we want a special season. So in your words, what would the statement special season look like? It's hard, it's hard to tell. Hard, hard to tell you, really. Um, you know, I don't like to I don't like to paint one picture or another, but you know, I just I, I know that I've got a good feeling that this season is going to be special. Um, I've never wanted 
anything more than than I want it now for this team and you know for individually as well. Um, so I just I, I'm re I'm ready and willing to do anything that I can for the team um, and for my for myself as well to you know put together a really good season. Did you learn anything from your old roommate Jake Toulson? Because he came back to BYU and before the right. season, your only child said. We, we're going to make it a special season. And we looked at each other and we're like, oh, what would special be? And we kind of guessed that, but no doubt it was, mm. right? So did you learn yeah. anything from men's basketball? Any any principles that you think could apply to football this year? Yeah, I mean, those guys, they're, they were a tight-knit group. And then uh, just on top of that, they all believed that they could accomplish something special. Uh, I don't think I talked to one guy on that team that, you know, had questions about what was what they were going to do that season. And so when everybody believes and, and your mindset, uh, you know, just matches what you, what you're wanting to do, you can accomplish so much more. But when you kind of have these reservations and these, you know, these, these things that just kind of sit with you that, that aren't sitting well, it, it, it affects not only yourself, but it affects the people around you. And so when you get everybody on that same mission, it makes things so much easier and, and guys are willing to do anything to accomplish, you know, something great. How has watching your brother Fred uh, make his jump in the NFL and playing the Super Bowl driven you as a player? Honestly, like I can't even count the amount of things that I've been able to learn from him just from when he's, you know, gotten drafted as a rookie and to him, you know, exploding as a second year guy. He's taught me so many things and that I feel like I haven't really yet gotten to show, you know, because of the injuries and stuff like that. But I just feel like such a new player and mindset is so much different. And it kind of it makes me excited um, because I, I know that I'm capable of doing great things and um, and thankful for him for the example that he's always um, given to me. So, like I said, I'm excited um, and it's, it's going to be good. You, when you and Fred hang out, does he always pay? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he takes care of me. He takes care of me. He should, right? I, I've got him for 1.5 mil earned so far, so he should. And, hey, how do we get you an interception, bro? Look, you know, I, it, it's going to happen. My, brother's, my yes. brother always tells me I, I've, I've, I've dropped way too many, and, and the, time, the time is now. So we, we're going to get more than one this year. Hey, it's yeah, we're two we're plus. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good vibes. Uh, no question, Fred yep. is your number one fan. He makes that very evident. Yeah. Uh, you got a couple of huge fans here in Studio B, Troy. Uh, stay safe. Uh, that to you and your wife who's working in the hospital, and we appreciate catching up with you, man. Yep. Appreciate you guys always. Thank you. All right, Troy Warner on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Skype. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Listen, Fred should pay for everything. You know, listen, Troy's got that stipend check. It, it, it ain't going to cover it at the level that Fred Warner can cover it now. Hey, Fred, when are you coming into town again so we can go? Yeah, eat so you can take us. Shop and yeah. do all sorts of stuff. I'm sure there's no one else asking him that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Troy, yeah, we alluded to it. Troy doesn't have a pick. He's way too good to not have a pick. So I, I anticipate him getting like two or three at least this year. This is going yeah. to be quite a year for Troy Warner. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm all in on it. Fun conversation. And by the way, old roommates used to be Troy Warner. Fred Warner, Jake Toulson, and Micah Simon. How about that house? That, that, that sounds like a good time, man. That sounds really fun. Okay, coming up, the story of a blue devil and Ute now helping the coop. You say those names, and I'm like, would I want to quarantine with those guys? Heck yeah. Yeah. That'd be a great house. Fun, man. And we crown the champion of our BYU Sports Nation Play of the Year next. 
Is it Micah Simon and the Rocky Top Revival or Trojan Warfare? This is BYU Sports Nation. The BYUSN Best Play Bracket is presented by doTERRA. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. Thanks for hanging out with us in Studio B. In the words of the legendary band Devo, when a problem comes along, you must whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. ESPN's FPI predicts BYU with 5.4 wins, which is impossible. Woo! And 6.6 losses this season. The Cougars are favorites in 6 of the 12. Strength of schedule 63rd. During the show, this news came out. Talon Shumway, Mitch Harrison, Bull Hodge have all been named to the National Football Foundation Hampshire Honor Society for 2020, maintaining a 3.2 GPA or better through their careers. Bull Hodge. Athletics News. Cosmo advances to the championship of the Sirius XM mascot Twitter bracket. A late push, as in like the last 10 minutes, helped BYU defeat Bucky the Badger 54 to 46%. BYU was trailing 52 to 48%, and then all of a sudden we're leading 54 to 46. That uh, that independent money, bro. <laughs> two big wins over Wisconsin for that matter in the last two years. Now BYU and Cosmo taking on Big Red of Western Kentucky, a matchup of 16 seeds. We have an update in that poll. 4,420 votes in, one day left. Western Kentucky up 59-41. It's, okay. a, it's early. BYU is a procrastinator in this. Let's go. Golf. This week, the PGA Tour is expected to announce plans for resumption of play June 11th through the 14th. That's great news for former Cougar Zach Blair, Daniel Summerhays, and adopted Cougar Tony Finau. Also, Dr. Anthony uh, Fauci uh, suggests that sports without fans could perhaps happen soon, which would be awesome. Athletics News. BYU trails Dayton 58% to 42% in the Fox College Hoops Twitter Best Fans Bracket. Yes. Voting ends at noon Eastern tomorrow. you got to got a while for that, but Cougar Nation, Let, you need to bring that one as well. Listen, Dayton's running away with this one. It's going to be hard to beat them. They don't have a rival to vote against them. There is some BYU hate from several other fan bases. Dayton doesn't have the hate. Just the love. <laughs> All right, on to our own bracket. You know what? Shameless plug for our bracket. It's awesome. 16 plays, 15 matchups, including a massive upset in the first round, an eight seed over a one seed. But now we can crown a champion and a true winner of our BYU Sports Nation best play bracket presented by doTERRA. We started with 16 plays, eight football, eight men's basketball. They've been whittled down to two. It's Micah Simon's 64-yard catch late in regulation against Tennessee, against Diane Gonwoloku's interception against USC, the walk-off winner in overtime at home. Now to crown our champion, and with a 60% vote tally, the champion is... 50 yards away from field goal territory. A step up by Wilson. Deep man is open! It's caught by Simon! Oh, yeah. He's going to get down! Got to hustle! Got to hustle! Hurry! Got to hustle! Love it. I thought this was the best overall play when we started this. 
and I thought it'd be in the championship, and here it is, the winner. I, I, just, I, I just, it was a, Micah's miracle. It was a miracle the that that play happened. Unbelievable, miraculous fashion of that play. BYU had less than a 1% chance of winning the game when they hiked the football. And they win the game there's, in double overtime. There's 17 seconds left, by the way, and they're standing inside their own, what, 20? They're at the 19 or something? Oh, my God. Love it. Mike what is miracle. Play. Rocky Top Revival. 64-yard so catch good. at Tennessee. Under 20 seconds to play. BYU wins in double overtime. Congratulations, Micah. You are the winner of the BYU Sports Nation Best Play of the Year bracket. And uh, thanks to everyone for voting. That was fun. We had uh, 4.7 million votes, so that was great. It's an approximate number. So, so, uh, give or take a couple zeros. So. Coming up, know the foe on BYU's best mascot Twitter poll opponent, Big Red of Western Kentucky. Plus, Deep Blue with Chris Burgess. What does the GOAT of college coaches, Mike Krzyzewski, think of his former player now as a coach? This is BYU Sports Nation. The Coach K, just to be clear. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tune in Friday as gymnastics is the subject of our play-by-replay as silver medalist Guard Young, the head coach of the gymnastics team, and his gymnasts Abby Miner and Shannon Evans. Take us through the rise of the BYU program to top 20 status this year, including why Guard Young has an issue with and Abby Miner. She'll, she'll boom even higher ones in the gym, and I'll just look over and scream, I hate you, I hate you, Abby. <laughs> we, have this, we have this unspoken agreement that that's one skill I could never do as a double layout, no matter how hard I tried. I wasn't a double flipper like Abby. And so there's a little bit of jealousy there because she's so good at him, and I was so bad at him when I was a gymnast. <laughs> Oh, that we all aspire to be a double flipper. It's the Gymnastics Play-By-Replay special Friday at noon Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. I believe McKelly Wesley was a single flipper uh, at Utah State once. (laughs) It's always nice to hear your coach say, I hate you. Yeah, um, Guard Young could have played in the XFL. He hate me. (laughs) One of the greatest names ever. Greatest. Oh, so good. So sad about the XFL. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, <laughs> Way from, to bring it down. I know. Let's bring the energy back up. Okay. The feature of our deep blue goes from being the most highly recruited high school player in the country to choosing Duke over BYU and then ends up playing basketball all over the world. Now he's finally at BYU as a coach. Never played for BYU, but now he's coaching the Cougars. Deep blue featuring BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess presented by Tim Daly Nissan. We all know Coach Burgess was the number one recruited athlete in all of high school basketball. But he's not even the best athlete in his own family. His wife, Lisa, humbles him every single morning at CrossFit. She crushes him. And his daughter, KJ, is one of the top volleyball players in the entire country. And she's still only a sophomore in high school. That keeps Coach Burgess humble. I love basketball. Started at a young age, watching my dad play. I didn't play basketball because I was 6'11". I played basketball because I loved the game. And then I became 6'11". You know, I, I just love the flow of the game, the pace of the game, the energy of the game, and the energy of the crowd. That's why I love this game. I've known who Chris is, like many basketball fans and in the sports world, by nature of his great career playing college basketball, professional basketball. And it started as a high school basketball player when he was being recruited as the number one basketball player in America. Out of high school, my final two schools were Duke 
and uh, BYU. 1995, 1996, I was working for the Salt Lake Tribune as a college basketball writer, and I knew that Chris Burgess was a highly acclaimed LDS player out of Irvine, California, and I knew that BYU needed to land him. If they didn't land him, it was going to be a big blow. BYU being coached by uh, Roger Reed, and he recruited me really hard and had a great relationship with him and his staff, and uh, ultimately it chose Duke. So afterward, we were doing interviews with him, and it was me and a, two other reporters, and I waited until those two reporters were done asking Chris all the questions, and then I was right there, and I said, Chris, when you told Roger Reed that you were going to go to Duke, how'd it go today? And that's when Chris, to his credit, said the truth, that it was very difficult, and Roger was upset, and Roger said that Chris was going to let down nine million members of the LDS church by choosing Duke. For him to be somehow blamed was never the case, and for him to ever be castigated in our home or with, with my father as the coach, I mean, he has nothing but love and care and, and great concern for Chris, so it's, it was kind of an inter interesting thing for sure. You have to understand BYU is a recruiting disadvantage. It's hard to get kids to want to go to BYU, particularly if you're not LDS. So one of the selling points that Roger had was the fact that this is your church school. Your church school needs you. Look at all the positive publicity because Chris Burgess was a highly acclaimed high school star. And so Roger's thought, and I can see where he's coming from, is you come here, you're going to do wonders for the basketball program, you're going to do wonders for the LDS church. There's just an enormous amount of subtext that people should understand with Chris and the pressure that was put upon Chris, both internally with his own family and externally with a very passionate fan base at BYU who were hoping to see the number one basketball player in America go there. And I think Roger responded just out of his heart and his competitive spirit. And unfortunately for him, it blew up. Being back here at BYU as an assistant coach, coming full circle, so much good came out of it. Right? There's a lot of closure with the relationships I now have, not just with Coach Reed, but also with his sons. We now joke about kind of what went down back in 1996. There's so much love between their family that that situation that kind of went on doesn't, even, doesn't bother anyone anymore. We're just, we're just happy with how everything came about. When playing the game of basketball, just in life, there's a lot of adversity. Um, you, you can't make everyone happy. Things didn't work out at Duke that I had hoped. And individually, collectively, they were fantastic. You know, got to go to a Final Four. I've really enjoyed uh, recruiting Chris and having him in our program. Uh, obviously, we were disappointed when he left, but we always maintained a relationship. You know, I had a great career there. I met my wife there at the U. You know, and then being cut by the Suns my rookie year, you know, I was able to... Uh, persevere and go play overseas and, and do well and see the world on, a, on another team and another club paying for my family and I to be out there. I don't think I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew that when we got serious in our relationship and I, I knew that he was going to play in one way or another, I knew that we would be traveling at some point. But I didn't know it was going to be all over the world. Obviously, neither did he. Living overseas for 11 straight years, right, 10 months at a time, you get to see see the world. I mean, I saw places from Istanbul to Dubai and Abu Dhabi to Seoul, Korea. In terms of adversity and pushing through it, I'm glad the way my career turned out because I am where I am today, both professionally here as, a, as an assistant coach at BYU, but also with my family. 
From the beginning of Chris's career, we kind of made a promise to each other that we would stay together. A lot of players overseas don't do that. You know, the guy goes over and does his thing and the wife just stays, raises the kids at home. It's easier. My wife was seven months pregnant with our third child, and we lived in a small city three hours outside Istanbul where my wife ended up giving birth in a small village. I didn't have any pain medication or any of that stuff. So it was painful and it was crazy. After the delivery, she had to get a tetanus shot because all the equipment was sterile. But it all ended up being okay. But I was just so furious that they didn't have a baby scale because I wanted to know how much my baby weighed. <laughs> and eventually they brought out a bathroom scale and had me stand on the bathroom scale. And then they handed me Ava and was like, okay, ooch kilogram. So we still don't know exactly how much she weighed, but ooch kilogram, that's how much she weighed. Coach Burgess is one of the great uh, up and coming coaches in college basketball. He has a great heart and a love of people. You know, that's why he's become such a good family man. And he also has become an outstanding coach. Just somebody that, that, that has a great attitude every day and somebody that, you know, everyone kind of wants to be around. He's also a really good basketball player still. He can really shoot the ball. He's got a better office than me right now because he made more shots than me. He doesn't forget what it's like to be a player, even as a high schooler. You can ask him what the score was of his, like a random game and he'll tell you the score and who scored what and this 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 there is not a player in america that will experience anything that coach burgess hasn't experienced himself one time or another in his basketball career and so in that sense and many others he's an extraordinary coach and we're lucky to have him here at byu yes. love it Burge at BYU, uh, what a story there, man. And it, he's a tremendous assistant in a few years, uh, if not sooner. He's going to be somewhere else as a head coach. BYU's lucky to have him. BYU's coaching staff is made up, by the way, of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that were ho- high-profile players who did not play at BYU. But here they are back at BYU. Mark Pope, Washington, and then Kentucky. Chris Burgess, Duke, and then Utah. Nick Robinson, Stanford. Uh, Cody Figure, not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has some tremendous experience, though, at Followed Utah Rick and other places. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. This is a really good staff. If you look at the great BYU teams, you look at the coaching staff, you go, oh, that was a really good staff, too. That's not a coincidence. It's also the tallest staff in all of America. Absolutely. There's no, yeah, it doesn't work in 2020 style, but Chris Burgess can shoot it. So It's crazy. That's why he has the office he has. Got a 6'10 guy, guy, a 6'11 guy, a 6'6 guy, and then, Drops, and then George, Cody Figure. George Mike and Drill for days. Let's go. <laughs> Coming up, what former Cougar done his old jersey to rally the Twitter troops. Oh, and he did rally the Twitter troops. Speaking of, know the foe, Western Kentucky Big Red Edition. What do you know about the Big Red blob that Cosmos matched up against? This BYU Sports Nation. I know nothing. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. We recommend downloading the podcast. All right. Now that Cosmo has ousted Bucky the Badger in advance to the championship of the SiriusXM College Sports Best Mascot Bracket, it's time that we dive inside that matchup, Jerem. 
Cosmo will face the red furry blob <laughs> known as Big Red from Western Kentucky. Okay. So how much do we know about this big red furry blob? It's time to play Null the Foe, presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. All right, Ben Baglitz, bring in the voice. What do you have for us? All right, let's start here. Jeremy, you get to go first. Which of the following TV shows has Big Red not appeared on as a guest? Okay. Deal or No Deal, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, Around the Horn, or The Tony Danza Show? Or Danza, whichever way you want to say it. Danza. Uh, Ellen? No, he's never been on Around the Horn. <laughs> Around the Horn. Spencer, which recognition has Big Red not received? The Capital One Mascot Challenge Hall, uh, Hall of Fame inductee, the Making Cheetos Top 25 Cheesiest Mascot College Mascot List, the Wheaties Mascot of the Year, or a semifinalist in ESPN's Battle of the Mascots. I'm going to go with C, Ben. C. Ooh, that's correct. He was go! never the Wheaties Mascot of the Year, but he is the Great cheesiest guess. mascot of the year. Hey, two quick trips and faults. Uh, Jerem, we'll start with you. True or false, Big Red has more national championships than Western Kentucky athletics. More what championships? National, national championships. championships. Than Kentucky. Uh, Western Kentucky. Oh, uh, no. False. That's right. <laughs> Western Kentucky, the 2002 FCS football national champs. Okay. And Spencer, true or false, the student who performs Big Red is encouraged to wear the costume at their graduation. True. Oh. <laughs> they do get to wear the gloves, though, as a sign that they were the mask. That'd be epic. And there yeah. is no your foe. That'd be epic. Okay, right. <laughs> now we know. Now we can vote. Let's go. It's blue versus red, people. Vote blue. Okay? Our uh, elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, answering, what's your reaction to 5.4 projected wins for BYU and the FPI? Hank57 on Instagram says, I can see where they're coming from. BYU hasn't had a good season since Taysom and Jamal, and without spring practice, it's reasonable to think that BYU won't improve as much. I think BYU will win at least eight games. Okay, there we go. Okay. Today's Rise and Shout Out, a joint one. Jack DeMooney donning the old BYU jersey. He played for two years at BYU to try and rally the Twitter troops. He's running around in his backyard. His stomach's sticking out. He's putting lotion on his stomach. I love it, man. That's awesome. Hashtag I am Jack Delmooney. All right. Thanks to today's guest, Troy Warner. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I know time. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Mark Bellini. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Vote for Cosmo.